Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Hornets fans. Welcome to the draft night recording of At The Hive Live, part of the SB Nation Network of Podcasts. I'm here with my co-host, James. I'm Chase, as always. My name never changes, even on this exciting draft night that we have had. The Hornets got James Booknight at 11th overall. They traded back into the first round to pick up Ty Jones at 19. The pick they gave up to the Knicks is basically only going to convey to them if the Hornets make the playoffs in the next three seasons. James and I started this podcast towards the end of the first round when the Nets were picking, so we don't even know who's going to pick up 37. James, do you want to just dump our feelings out? about this draft until we get to 37. And I've even mentioned trading for Mason Plumlee to get 37. I, th- th- see, that happened four hours ago, but it feels like it was yesterday. I can't, this, this, is, this is a ridiculous day. So it's 4 a.m., I'm three Red Bulls down, and I am <laughs> fucking stunned. This like, is unbelievable. This is, this is the most aggressive the Charlotte Hornets have ever been, Ever like in the history of the NBA draft, the only thing that maybe mirrors it is the Kemba, Kemba Walker, Biombo, Maggetti draft, like when they made moves and moved kind of back into the top ten. Like now, the one thing I will say is everyone will be like, oh, like you don't win the draft from draft night, and and it don't. It's important that we don't overreact, thinking, oh, we're you know we're going to smash this. Who knows how the draft turns out? All I will say is I do think, and I do not think this is hyperbole this draft is going to be a defining moment for the next four to five years of this franchise. You look back at that Kemba Walker draft with Biz, that was defining for the next five seasons. I think this is going to have that same level of impact. And I, I know we drafted Melo last year, but the fact that we've now traded a future first, I repeat, the Hornets have traded a future first. The first time, the first time, I believe since the, Tyrus Thomas trade that they traded a future first. I mean, it it's just absolutely mind-blowing that the Hornets have gone mental tonight. I mean, basically the reporting was that they were set to take Kai Jones at 11. James Booknight slips from like, I mean, I bet the under at nine and a half and I felt good about it. He slips maybe reportedly from Draft Express that he had a screw inserted in his elbow from his surgery earlier this year, and that might be a contributing factor. But he slips to 11. They take him. I mean, Mitch Kupchak, I think, even said, I'm kind of surprised. And then they see Kai Jones slide, and they just think, hell, let's just throw in a future first and get back in and take him. I mean, it's like watching the Rockets or the, the Thunder function, just like being ultra-aggressive and getting their guy. It's... It's not what I've come to expect from Mitch Kupchak. So I'm absolutely stunned. I mean, yeah, you couldn't have put it into any better terms. I can't believe that they they dipped into that future reservoir of first-round picks. Like, it kind of goes against everything that he talks about. Like, in press conferences and building teams, he's always like, we really value our draft picks. We need, like, as a small market team, we need to keep them and we're going to build through, like, collecting these you know, young youthful assets. But, like... They, yeah, they just, they really got the, wanted their guy. I can't believe that Book Knight slid to 11. 
to begin with. I like the the over under on him. I think it was up to like seven and a half by the time like the draft actually started because he was like a pretty much a lock to go in either that OKC or Golden State pick. And then all of a sudden the Hornets are picking between him and Moses Moody and like Kishper and Shangoon and Kai Jones all at 11. I mean, you can do the math right there. You move back a little bit. You can still get one of those guys. The Hornets, I can't, I, it's just the, the, getting him at 19 for a pick that I'll, I'll go through the protections right now in detail. So in case anybody hasn't seen it, Bobby Marks has a good uh, summer, like a good summarization of them on his Twitter. So the pick protections on the Charlotte future first that they traded to New York to get to 19 and get Kai Jones in 2022, it's protected one through 18. So the Hornets will keep it if it is in the top 18. In 2023, it's 1 through 16, so they keep it if it's in the top 16. In 2024 and 2025, if the pick is in the lottery, the Hornets will keep it, so 1 through 14. So essentially, if the Hornets make the playoffs in any of these seasons, the pick will convey to the Knicks, and in the next couple of years, if they miss the playoffs while being one of the best teams in it, it will they'll still get to keep, or miss the playoffs while being one of the better teams to miss, they still keep their pick. It is really no downside to it because if you're a playoff team in 2024 theoretically kai jones and james booknight both panned out so you don't really care about giving up that for because you can look back the, and be like, we have a the start. only downside chase and the only downside and sorry to be you know no, negative on this we, we do need, we do need to think of it is that it does limit our ability to trade future first round picks now because oh, of the stepping rule that's a good point the, the stepping rule you can't trade uh, two two picks in a row now, because we've put those protections on it, it just makes trading another future first more difficult uh, because we don't really know because it's kind of 50-50 really looking forward where yeah. that picks, when that pick's going to convey. It's not like it's an obvious, oh, that will definitely convey by X year. So the downside is if, let's say, there's someone that comes on the market who's key, Charlotte will not be in as easy position as a previously. However, on the flip side, in those drafts going forward, I think someone like Kai Jones is a top 15 pick in like eight or nine out of 10 drafts. And you basically just traded for that guy now. And I, I just think he it's a home is a home run pick. Like he's a high upside guy. I, I like the pick. Like I had him ranked. I had Buck Knight and Jones ranked 14th and 15th on my board. So, sorry. So like, you know, the, the Buck Knight pick, I was like, okay, I get it. I see the upside, the Jones pick. I'm thinking it's great value. So like for me, I'm, really happy with how this night is panning out like at times it was looking like we we're going to be drafting Corey Kispert <laughs> at the yeah. 11th pick and I was beginning to freak out a little bit and now we've got really athletic young dynamic players who you know I think Buck Knight's probably going to be in better position to contribute next year uh, but I mean this summer league team is going to be so fun to watch oh my oh James Book Knight Kai Jones Leangelo like all of it's it, and then you got Vernon and Nick too. It's there is a lot of offense that's going to be that's going to be on that Hornets summer league team. Just so you know, uh, Jaden Springer just went to the Philadelphia 76ers, okay. so we can cross him off the board for 37. We think yes. We're going to get there. This is if Charlotte, we're not checking our phones, by the way. So if if the Charlotte Hornets have traded 37 by the time you're listening to this, and they're like, why are Chase and James waiting for that? We're we're trying to keep ourselves in suspense a little bit, so. Um, but I mean, the, the question I do have now is roster spots, right? Because we go into this draft thinking, okay, you, you get your 11 guy and you might get a guy at 56 or 57. Now you've got two guys 
and the 37 and the 56 or the 57. I can't remember which one we traded um, as part of the Plumley deal, which we will come back to. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, like, I'm surprised. I, I'm really interested to see what they go here. Like, I would not surprise me if they went, like, draft and stash with, like, a Jockey Bidus or Bagarin or something like that, just, just because of roster positions. But maybe maybe they had a couple of guys in mind to, to kind of target with that with that 37 pick when they made that Plumley trade. Yeah, I mean, I, I as, as we're saying this, I, I also don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they maybe use Plumley and that 37 pick in another trade to bolster the roster further. Because Well, the, the Pacers have just yes, traded. That, that was exactly what I was going to say. As I, Jackson, like, what, hold on, they've now got Goga, Miles Turnus, Sabonis, and Isaiah Jackson. If Mitch, and I saw you tweet being like, if Mitch somehow gets Miles Turner and Charlotte, your head is going to explode. Mm-hmm. I will literally be picking up my jaw off the floor if, the, if that happens. Like, what a aggressive turnaround in literally 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, and the like, they, they, they're well positioned to do that. I mean, where this is theoretical at this point because we're talking through it in live time, but like that, like, even without, um, be like being able you're probably not going to trade like pj or something for miles turner with how the weather how the roster is shaking out right now but like i, I believe that they would still have the requisite cap space to take him in because i think they have 13 million or something like that with the mason Plumleys, eight million yeah. coming in so yeah. and then you renounce all the holds to all of your free agents but so. you're also adding in another first round pick now as well that's true which wasn't before. So you're probably down from 13 to probably around 11, 10 to 11 now, which is, which is interesting, right? Cause this is the thing of the plenty trade, like the idea of basically trading nothing in the 56th pick for or 57th pick for Plumley, and the 37th pick, you think that's great, but the knock on effect here is it does eat into that Charlotte cap space. And I, I know I said this to you earlier, if we go into next year and Mason Plumley is, the backup center for the Charlotte Hornets. I'm really happy with that. Like he can be a good backup big. PJ is the small ball five option. If he's the starter and we we miss out on the Noel, the Holmes options, then I'm I'm a little upset about that trade. If that's the thing that stops us getting Holmes. Now, if we already know that's not happening, you know, through back channels or whatever, um, that's that's fine. And by the time you listen to this, it might be a little bit clearer. But yeah, I mean, let's circle back to that Plumley trade because that's how the night got started, pretty kind of early on. What what are your initial thoughts on that trade? I mean, right off the bat, I loved it because if like I, I agree with everything you said about him being the backup, kind of being the what determining factor and how much we like it. You know, a month or two down the road, but just right now you're solving one of the two holes that you have at center with $8 million and a player that can pass the ball, handle the ball, move around in space. He's a pretty good defender. He's not like a floor spacer or anything, but I mean, that's what you have PJ for in the small ball lineups. Like I think he, he's like a slight upgrade over Cody Zeller and compared to what Cody was playing at last year, he's, you know, a $6 million decrease in salary. So if you have that player as your backup, that is like a tremendous trade. Now, if he's the center, it becomes, you know, still like a good trade, but it, you know, magnifies the the other moves that you would make and being like, you know, you better hope Kai Jones pans out in a few years or something, or maybe they should have, I don't know, taken a, a big at 37 that could play now or something or trade at 37 for another big. And they might do that in the next 20 minutes. So who knows? But 
at this point, I think it's pretty good. I mean, we can't necessarily assume that they're going to start him. So if we're if we if we're giving them the benefit of the doubt, I think it's like an, an excellent trade. I, I I didn't see any real real negative reaction to it on the internet, like at all, which is a good sign for a Hornets trade. That's usually not <laughs> the reaction that they get. Is oh, yeah, and if, if he wasn't uh, a a tall white guy called Plumley, I think there would have been even <laughs> yeah. more positive even more positive uh like tweets on it but it's just kind of hit fits that classic hornets zeller kaminsky hansbro kind of lol hornets charlotte selecting tall white guys and they obviously previously traded for miles plumley which is probably the worst trade in charlotte hornets history which i still have ptsd out to this day and this is not going to help me get over that ptsd um so yeah but like i i think i i had him in my trade targets column i'm not the high i had him racked eighth in that so uh, you know he was someone i'd identified not right at the top of my list but he is someone who does make sense um and for someone like charlotte where you have to overpay for free agents generally if you're going to get him to get someone locked in at two years at good like you know backup money that 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 makes some sense it's just what what do we do with you know previously we were a cap space team do you, do you think do you think Charlotte will will make another move to carve out more cap space now so that they can, you know, still be a player in, in that Rishon Holmes market? Um, and if so, who do you think could be on the move here? Because, I mean, some of the pieces are now just, just not quite there, really. Yeah, see, that, that it does complicate things when it comes to cap space. I, th- I think that the most likely scenario, whether, I mean, at any point in this offseason, really, is one of the younger bigs getting moved, maybe along with a future second or in order to return a future second that they would have, that they would have spent on them last year. I just don't know who, I don't think that they would be digging into their, you know, like core of players, which is now Hayward, Rosier, Ball, Bridges, PJ, and then theoretically Mason Plumley and James Booknight and Kai Jones. We're, we can assume that none of, none of those guys right now are going to move around except for maybe Plumley, but I don't, I don't, I don't see them moving any of the guys that they've seemingly committed to right now. I think it would be the end of the roster guys. A lot of them are like low salary pieces that are, all of them are low salary pieces. I don't think any of them make over a million dollars a year, but so I think so how, be, how are we making that space? This is I the thing. Yeah, I, I, I see what the, I think you basically, they're going to have to renounce the cap holds to everybody except for Devante, I think, because his is only a million dollars or so anyway, but there's now the question any, is, there's no way that they're, Keeping or giving a qualifying to Malik Monk and not renouncing Cody Zeller right away. Yeah, and I don't think they're moving Terry Rozier. Like I, no, I know I he's so he's either. the obvious move because he expires next year. He's a big salary. It would create a lot of space. You've just drafted a two in Buck Knight. It, I can understand why on paper you would come to that conclusion. I just don't think it's what they're going to do because I think he's like one of the senior leaders of the team and he's a real success story in Charlotte. So um, saying that, if they did move him, I wouldn't absolutely hate it, I have to say. So um, yeah, just we're we're on the 30th pick now as we're recording this. I think Daron Sharp just went 29 to the Suns, but it was actually the Nets because it was part of the Landry Shamit trade. So Daron Sharp's gone. Who are some of the guys you kind of, if, if we stay at 37, and, and hopefully we will for this draft board, who are some of the guys you kind of got your fingers crossed for, you hoping will be there? So I'm a big Kessler Edwards guy. I like Vrenz mm. Bear. I don't know if he would, he, he's, you know, an international player, but he doesn't seem that he'd be a draft and stash guy. So maybe he just spends a lot of time in Greensboro next year. 
Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really big on Brandon Boston at that, in that range, not just in general, but if you're going to take an upside swing at 37, I think he'd be a great guy for it. What are, who are some of the guys that you like at 37? I, I really like Herb Jones and Aaron Henry. I, yeah. I love those, those players. Um, I hope one of them is there. The Utah Jazz are just picking now. One second. Oh, Memphis is, is picking now. So I saw Woj come on. Memphis must have traded. Oh, Sante Aldama just went to Utah. Oh, in the first round, Sante. In the first round. Oh, let's go, Sante Aldama. <laughs> That's awesome. That oh, so we talked about Sante Aldama in our draft and stash piece, theorizing that he might be available at fifty six <laughs> and fifty seven, and he well, just he... went thirtieth to the Utah Jazz after a year after they select Yudoka Azubuki, who was also potentially projected to go to one of the Hornets with one of their late round picks last year. But he had yeah, a weird back to back. He had a weird pre-draft process, right? Because he didn't go to G League Elite Camp. He didn't go to Chicago Combine. He then kind of just like disappeared, was like rumored to be signing a deal overseas and then has now just been drafted by the Jazz. Like he has to be the most perplexing pre-draft processes that I've seen yet. Like I'm, I'm floored at that pick. Like for him to go first round, is legitimately like truly shocking to me. Not not quite as shocking as Josh Primo at twelve. By the way, can we talk? About oh yeah. What, what yeah? What's been your like Primo at twelve as my biggest? What the hell is happening moment in the draft? Like, what about you so far? What's been your like biggest surprise pick? Honestly, it might be this one with Santi Aldama going thirty. <laughs> yeah. Just based off the fact that when twelve was happening, I was still reacting to the Hornets. Like I was just like walking around looking at my phone being like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe that this is the scenario that Mitch Kupchak had fallen to his lap. So I think it's gotta be Santi Aldama going in the first round. That is an unbelievable, an unbelievable pick to me. You think it's a good pick? Oh oh, yeah. I mean, I do. I would like, I would definitely get on board, but like, I would like to hear like what their plan for him is like, whether or not they're going to stash him, if they're going to play him, if they're going to send him basically to the Salt Lake stars for the entire season. I don't know what that's going to be, but I, I really like him. Like I was a big fan of his in the, in that draft and stash article. He's six eleven. He can shoot, he can pass and he has lateral quickness. I mean, he's not, it's that it, to me, that sounds like kind of sounds a lot like Kai Jones when you describe a guy like that, but he's, he's a lot less, you know, toned down in those skill sets. But I mean, that type of player, if you can put those tools together, that that's a, 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 at least a rotational piece in the NBA. I mean, I, I, I get the value for, for Utah, but that's, that's two weird picks in a row. Josh Primo at 12 was insane too, though. I didn't really that, get to process that, that one, but that is, that that just, is pretty insane. I don't get it. I, I mean, I think I had Primo in the thirties, so I wasn't even like in the first round and he just went 12. I was like, I could not believe it. Uh, all these guys are on the board as well at that point for, for San Antonio, like yeah, Moody was still on the board, Shingun, yeah. Kispert, like, and, and then they just do that with with josh primo i just i mean look san antonio have had enough guys that like they've earned some some rope that you have to kind of be like well it's san antonio took him so but i mean have to say uh, it's a it's a head scratcher to me right now um interestingly isaiah todd has just gone 31 um so he's not going to be available for the shorts either I'm just reading here. Yeah, Memphis is sending 40 and two future seconds to Utah for Aldama. So Memphis have really traded quite a lot there yeah, to go they're... up for Aldama. So he's not actually going to Utah. He's going to, okay. to Memphis. Okay. Okay, yeah, okay. I saw the Memphis logo on there for a second, and then it went. Away. by the time they announced it, they must have took it away and had the Jazz thing come up, so my brain forgot. 
but I think I actually did say that the Grizzlies were writing it right before we you started did. talking you did. about it. <laughs> See, yeah, I forgot throughout that whole process, but now we're back. We're back on track. Santiago Bamas to Memphis. Yeah, so they get, okay, so back, back, they get him and Zaire in the first round. Yep. That is, that is such an upside gamble. I, that is, Memphis is, is crazy. I, that, I mean, I, I love my guy Zaire going in the top 10. That was so awesome. It was kind of, I was I, a little bit I, upset. I cannot believe that Zaire was off the board by the time the Hornets I picked. I can't believe it. I can't <laughs> believe it either. I mean, it would have, because I would have had to just be like, have my like ceremonial, like sadness if they didn't pick Zaire at 11, but they didn't even get the chance. <laughs> they didn't even get the opportunity. It's it. Yeah. This has, this has gone pretty crazy. I mean, Trey Murphy going 17 to New Orleans is pretty good too. Like it's been a nuts draft. This has him. been crazy. Yeah, this has been this has been wild. Trey Mann, eighteen as well. Like there, there's just been so much. There's so much going on. Jalen Johnson at twenty to the Hawks is a really good fit. Like him and Trey playing on the court together at the same time. And if you have Okongwu at center, like that's so much defense and passing on the floor all at once. And athletic. like there's so many. I feel like how many other than Aldama and Primo. What picks do you think are, are like bad out of the first round? So we, with the first round is like just concluding in real time. As I mean, the this, Mitchell so. pick to Sacramento was confusing. Yep. Okay, I, yeah. I, I'm not like a down Mitchell guy. Like I have him 10 on my board, you know, so that's actually like right around his range. But just when you've got Darren Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, then I'd Davian Mitchell, like all those guys kind of excel with the ball in their hands. They, they can play off ball, but I, I feel like, you know, they're not off-ball movement shooters. They're not, you know, it, so that was just a weird fit to me, but I, I don't hate the value of the pick, if that makes sense. But it, it's not one that I saw coming, let's put it that way. Yeah, no, I, I was a little bit confused when the Pacers went for Duarte. Again, like to the Spurs and Pacers both passing on Moses Moody the, for like other wing players. I mean, Duarte, I'm probably might be better at this exact moment, but like, I, I just, I don't, I'm, I, as much as I like Duarte, I just, can't, I can't reason with taking him over Moody. Like, I feel like they, they do, they would be doing a lot of the same things and Moody just has a very much higher ceiling and is, I think six years younger or five years younger at like, it's, that's just a, that was, that, that one is a pretty crazy pick to me too. Um, and the books are just selecting. Okay. Okay, it's coming up on my on my. I uh, know it's Mark Tatum list. doing his intro. Um, quickly, what are your what are your grades then for the Plumley trade, the Buck Knight pick, and Kai Jones? Each of them. What do you, what are your grades right now? Hmm. I'm gonna give the Plumley trade just a firm B. Book Knight, I'm tempted to go A minus, but I think I, I just, I'm B plus. Uh, no, I'll go A minus. That's that's a really good pick, I think, especially just what you with what you had on the board like him and moody you probably you can't really go wrong either one of those guys I'm, i gotta go a, like just firm a for the kai jones trade like i know that you we, the point you brought up about the pick protections is actually like that does make a lot of sense and i had not thought about that prior and if that is something that hinders them then that would be a little unfortunate but otherwise like if he hits you didn't really give up a first round pick for him because by the time that you're in the playoffs, he would be good. You're picking, you know, in the twenties, you can just look at Kai Jones and look at yourselves in the playoffs and be like, all right, that was worth the 20th pick in, you know, 2023, 2024, 2022, or whatever it would be that the pick ends up conveying to the Knicks. I mean, 
I, so you've I mean, gone I, from their perspective. I can't really understand why they would do that so heavily protected. Like I don't, I don't see a benefit for for them to that. Yeah, I th- I'd I mean, rather. Yeah, I, think... I would totally rather pick Kai Jones if I was the Knicks. Like I don't. It's just very. That, that's actually not because I haven't thought about it from their perspective. That might be the most confusing move that's happened all night. To move back for Quentin Grimes. <laughs> yeah, that's another. Yeah, it's for Quentin. I didn't. We didn't get to that. Like. I, yeah, the Knicks. They yeah, that's really confusing. They also they traded out of Kai Jones and Keon Johnson for Quentin Grimes and a really heavily protected pick from the Hornets. I would not be happy if I was a Knicks fan. Tibbs doesn't like rookies. No. He, he doesn't want them. He does no, not want them. Really does not. Um. So so you went so just get you went straight B for the Plumby trade. You went a B plus for Buck Knight, and you went an A minus for the Kai Jones. I'll do I for I'll do a firm A for Kai. But yeah, but I'll a. B, B, yeah, B plus B B plus A. That's probably okay. What about you? Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on the plummy trade. I'm gonna straight B. I think it's like it's fine, but with more to see before I can really make a final decision. That's true. Yeah. On the book night pick, I'm probably gonna go a straight B as well. Like again, like I mentioned, I think it was 15 on my board. So to get him, but you know. It's not like I'm out here saying, "Oh, what are we doing?" Like I understand the theoretical upside there. It's just, I I think other guys have got more chance of reaching that potential. Um, so I'm going to be, and then for the Kai Jones trade, I'm going, I think I'm going, a, a maybe a plus. Like I I love I love that aggressive move, and I think that shows Kai Jones. You do not select Kai Jones unless you have absolute confidence in your coaching staff in developing players because he needs developing. And I think the Charlotte's just such a great place for him to land. Yeah. I mean, for the people that believe in the Charlotte Hornets development staff, like this is where they make their money right here. If, if Kai Jones Jones pans out, if James book Knight pan out, that's how you know that these guys know what they're doing in that development staff. And I mean, they already do obviously with, everything that they have pulled out of the second round and the, you know, the mid lottery and all the, they, they haven't made a bad draft pick yet. I mean, we obviously don't know what's going to happen with Booknight and Kai Jones. They haven't, they haven't missed in a few years. Like it, it, it's, it's the, the odds are the odds are just cause it's the NBA draft folks. We should point this out. The odds are one of these guys going to miss. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's the odds. And I know everyone will think, well, it's likely to be Kai too. Jones, but, but it, it's gonna, it's gonna have, it's like, <laughs> Teams just can't keep hitting home runs. <laughs> it just doesn't no. unfortunately work like that unless you're the San Antonio Spurs and the Shell Hornets are definitely not that or, or haven't been in the past. If they do, I mean, it's a serious turning of the tide. Um, as I talked, by the way, Sharif Cooper has still not been drafted. Neither, neither has Jared Butler. And the Knicks just drafted Jeremiah Robinson L. <laughs> so Tibbs has just gone for like, you know, none of this potential stuff. He's just gone for like hard notes, smart, can play right away. Jeremiah Robinson L. So that's uh, some interesting moves by the Knicks. Don't know if I love what they're doing. No, I, yeah, no, I don't love what they're doing. I don't. <laughs> that <laughs> just off first glance. Like, I mean, that could come back to, to bite me, obviously. But yeah, that is, that is definitely not, like, I just don't, they aren't picking anybody. Like, they traded out of the, pretty much out of the first round, moving from 19 and 21 down to 25 and picking Quentin Grimes, who, much like last year, I feel like they could have, even though quickly ended up being really good at underdrafted, they might have been able to move back and get him too. The same thing with Quentin Grimes. Like, I know his stock has risen, 
did it rise all the way to 25 where you needed to get him right there? Apparently so. I mean, apparently, but like, I, I, I don't know. That's yeah. The, the Knicks are, are having quite a night. Uh, I mean, as they tend to do <laughs> like, Oh, here we go. This is a good one at 33 Orlando magic are targeting Jason Preston and they are trading the pick to the Clippers. So Jason oh. Preston piston powered writer back a few years ago, Averaged two points per game as a senior in high school, sent his highlight tape to the Ohio University coach and got on Twitter and got offered a scholarship, is now the 33rd pick in the draft and is going to be playing with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. The Clippers I had, Jason I had the Cl- Preston and Keon Johnson. Yeah, I heard the Clippers are interested in Jason Preston. So that's that's really interesting they made the move. I'm, that's, that's, that's super, I'm super stoked for Jason Preston. That's awesome. That's yeah, that's a, that's an incredible story for him. Like, to not, I mean, not even to just get drafted, like 33 is legit. Like if you're mm. pick, that's almost first round pick, like he, he's going to get real money when, when the, with this contract with the Clippers. Are you, are you checking Twitter still? For, I, ju- I just went on because I saw him pop up and then I right at the top, it was actually perfect timing. Right. When I uh, was saying like, Oh, the Orlando magic took, Jason Preston, it's, I saw that he's getting traded to the Clippers, but I got to get, okay, get back so off here soon. That was that was 33. We got yeah. 34, so we're, we're, we're getting close to the Hornets pick, which to our knowledge, they've still not traded. I, again, it wouldn't shock me if they do trade this just because of the, you know, I didn't think Charlotte, I didn't think Charlotte went into tonight planning to come out with two first round picks, do you? No, I don't think so. No, they I, did. It, I think they were scrambling. No, because they were like, "What's happening here? Why is everyone? Why is no one taking Kai Jones?" Like that's. I'm not saying I was thinking that because I understand the the risks there, but I think they were thinking that. Yeah, and I was I was in the the Zoom presser that Mitch Kupchak had um, after they picked James Booknight, and Rod Boone asked them, and he was like, he it was just super short question. He was like, "Did you expect them to be available, and how do you expect them to fit with the team?" And Mitch was like, literally right off the bat, was like, "No, like we did not. <laughs> we did not think James Booknight would be available." We think he fits really well as a guard or a wing. And obviously he said that he liked his athleticism and that they, he, he said twice, I think that they were surprised he was there. And so obviously I think the same goes for Kai. They must've just had a slightly higher grade on book night on their board. So they were like, okay, we'll take him and see what happens with Kai Jones. And then they were like, wow exactly what we wanted is happening (laughs) at least at at least by them taking buck night what i love is that you know their process is best player on their board Mm -hmm. they they didn't just take kai jones because well we've we worked him out twice and he was we were planning to take him going into tonight that they went oh actually the guy we've got rate higher is we're going to take him and you know, that's what I love to see because it's not just locking yourself into a decision because you made a, pr- a promise to an agent or, you know, things haven't worked out the way you want it. That's, I, I love to see that. And that, that really fills me with confidence with this team drafting going forward. Yeah, I mean, and we're looking at right now, the, the pick is in for 34, which I believe is actually the Knicks now. I think the Knicks traded 32 and Jeremiah Robinson Earl to the Thunder for 34 and 36. Oh. Oh my god! This is this is. I mean, I'm, because we're not because I'm not checking Twitter on this. I'm just kind of going off what I'm seeing on the actual <laughs> on the actual draft coverage. So um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm so the, they've now got two picks ahead of Charlotte. To see if anything comes up. Nothing's popped up yet. That's just on regular Google. So we can't go back on Twitter until the Hornets make their pick. But I mean, no. Right now, the Hornets are looking at 
Sharif Cooper, Jared Butler, Miles McBride, JT Thor, Iodesumu. And there are only three picks to be made in between like in between the current wow. spot and where the Hornets are. They're like, all like first round grade guys. This is this like, has gotta be this has got like Mitch, as we speak right now recording this, they've gotta be working those phones because they know someone. Okay, so Rokas Yokobitis went 34. So that's again Sharif, <sighs> Jared Butler, Miles McBride, oh JT Thor, Brandon Boston, Iodesumu. There's six of those. All six of those guys could very well have gone in the first round. There's only two picks to be made between now. And they now. they had JT Thorin for a workout of yep. those guys. I think that's important to point out. Yep. Um, they had Charles Bassey in for a workout as he is, well. He and he's still on the board. Too, yes. So so there's a couple of guys just to, just to keep an eye out. Who, they had Sharif who Cooper for had a workout it. as well. Yeah. That, um, we need we I need mean, to get off Twitter because I've just seen number thirty five as well. And we need to get off Twitter. Okay, um, okay. Interesting, interesting one going at number thirty five. Is it is it not any? I mean, are we still looking at the same pool for the Hornets? Uh, Herb Jones going thirty five. Oh my god, that's my that's my. I, I know mean, that's your guy. That's he that's was awesome. first round for me. So good for him. That's awesome. That's good. Good for Herb. Four years senior, super smart yep. guy. He was like, I, I believe he was like. On the uh, the NCA All Academic Team too, is he going to the Knicks now? Then do they in thirty four? No, thirty four was Rokas. Thirty five is the Pelicans. I don't believe that pick has been traded, so he must be going to okay. New Orleans. I was about to say because he fit Knicks like just defensive menace, yeah. like for Tibbs. So right, my, my Twitter is away. I'm fully locked in now. I'm fully we're fully riding blind here till pick thirty seven. So Rokas is gone. Herb Jones is gone. There's going to be, I mean, G, we shouldn't we shouldn't talk about who it could be because by the time people listen to this, they're going to know. So <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't speculate true. too much. But um, I mean, there's a bunch of guys available here who they were thought they were going to be first. Like the over unders were at the end of the first round, like Dasumu, McBride, JT Thor, Jared Butler, like all these guys thought we were going in the first round going into tonight. And Charlotte can now pick up someone at 37. So it's interesting, though, because the last few times they've been in, like, the early 30s picks, they've taken Devonta Graham, they took Cody Martin, and both of those times there were guys available who'd slipped from the first round, and everyone's thinking, oh, we're going to get the guy who slipped. And they've ended up taking someone who, like, was supposed to go, like, Devonta Graham and, um, and Cody Martin. Everyone was like, oh, why did they take them when there's all these guys who should have been in the first round on the board? So... I'm interested to see where they go here. I, they've got big. Uh, just, just by the way, also goodbye, Malik Monk. Is is that safe to say? It's got to be. That's so true. Yeah, I mean, with that cap hold that he has, I mean, Book Knight and him are pretty similar as prospects in a lot of ways. Not, not a yeah. comparison, obviously, but I mean, they do share some similar similarities as like athletic off-ball scorers that you know that, that use that explosion and some uh, iq when they're moving and a book night needs we didn't know this with malik at the time but book night needs to work on the shot much like malik did you know as a rookie and sophomore so i would, I would Do, be does the does the uh screw in his uh, elbow from the surgery of this year does that give you any hesitation at all with book night i don't think so it's his non it's his non-shooting elbow i believe right I think it was his left elbow. I think so. Yes, I think it was. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I don't know. That wouldn't that wouldn't really be something I would think. If, I mean, if it's if it's non-shooting, you and your arm obviously, you would think that it wouldn't be 
as big of, as a deal as like, you know, a shooting, an injury to your shooting elbow or like a knee injury or something like that. But yeah, I mean, if, if that is why he fell, that would be, that would be really like, it'd be interesting to hear what the Hornets thought about that medical evaluation and whether or not that, you know, they are like, yeah, it's not his shooting arm. So we're not overly concerned about it. Or and Kupchuk said there were teams. In spite of that, we took him anyway. Yeah, and Kupchuk said there were teams like hammering the phones like he'd never ever seen before. Yeah. He said that, you know, going for him. So it's not like Charlotte were the only ones who hadn't medically, you know, red flagged him. It sounds like there was a bunch of teams going after him. So like it's one of those like unless you're in the room speaking to the doctor, it's really hard to know. But I think it's just something that you have to factor into the pick. Like you can't just forget about it and wave it and be like, oh, well, that doesn't matter. Like it, it could matter if <laughs> we just, we just don't know right now. Um, uh, I hope it's nothing. I hope it's absolutely nothing. But, uh, but yeah, I just think it's worth making note of. Yeah, it absolutely is. Man, the, the, the fit and how this roster is going to turn out in the next few days is it's like, we, we, it was already interesting. Mitch just Mitch has roped us in. Like I can't I, I can't wait just for I mean free agency starts in a couple of days. No, we like we're gonna have these these draft picks. We're gonna talk about them for forty eight hours, and then we're gonna forget for a week while the Hornets are making moves in free agency, and then summer league starts up right again. I mean this is this is such a great time of year. This is so much fun. This I mean this is so much more fun than I could have even imagined. Like this is, this I mean the drafts are always fun. But yeah. This is this is like this is unbelievable. Yes, yeah. like I, I was on a, I was on a, I was in the NBA green room with uh like Dylan, uh, Anthony, yeah, and Noah. When, um, when the day on shop, uh, day on shop, when the miles, oh, no Mason Plumley, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's four a.m. It's okay, it's four thirty-five over here. Okay, yeah. guys, give me a break. <laughs> uh, when that trade went through, and we were just like all live reacting. <laughs> like that was fun and then just like more stuff is just happening and happening it's just not slow down all night this is crazy all right pick is in with the knicks at 36 right now so we're we're so close to getting this hornet selection at who do you want who's your number one guy you want kessler yeah i think i'd like kessler i'm gonna wait and see if this knicks for this next selection to come up i'm so surprised that like who who do you think who are you most surprised that has taken a fall i mean where because we're I mean we're at thirty six right now obviously probably I, Sharif I, yeah I was gonna say I mean, Sharif is probably the big one for me yeah I I, I like Sharif um, and I didn't think he'd fall this far into the second round like um, so I'd say him um, Miles McBride but I'd say Sharif more so I mean it's the point guards this is the thing yeah Jared sure, Butler Miles McBride range. Um, Jared Butler, Miles McBride, Sharif Cooper, uh, Ayodasumu, all the point mm-hmm. guards just dropping. It's it's quite remarkable. I feel like there's so many to pick from. Like in the, like think about you know we're, we'll, we start at 18. There's Trey Mann, Keon, Josh Christopher, Quentin Grimes, Bones Highland, Cam Thomas, Jaden Springer. Like that's the, those are all before the first round is even up. And if you like pre-draft. You could you saw so many mocks that you know Josh Christopher was twenty four, Josh Christopher was forty, you know Jaden Springer was thirteen, Jaden Springer was twenty five. Like all of these guys, I feel like just had such wide ranges, and it was just going to come down to, you know, who those teams wanted, like when they were on the clock to to who they took, and it it's just like luck of the draw for like how how some of these guys fall or how some of these guys fell. 
I know, and I know he got cleared, but I wonder if Jared Butler having Tate and her taking a little bit longer to get cleared by the NBA medically to play contributed to this. It had to have. Okay. So the Thunder, the Knicks go Miles McBride at 36. So the Hornets have Sharif Cooper on the board and Jared Butler and Miles at 36 or at 37 after Miles McBride goes 36. So Lee, Lee Branscombe just cried, by the way, because he was definitely praying for, for Miles McBride to, to fall oh, to absolutely. 37. Yeah. So sorry, which Carolina. Um, Jared Butler fits. He is like, fits a lot of boxes. If he's medically cleared, like he fits a lot of boxes here, like big name player. You know, he's like a Devontae Graham type, really, isn't he? Like for him to be available this late in the draft. Um, uh, Sharif this, this would hard. be electric. Uh, Sharif would be... Like, I don't think I you mean, I, like positionally. It doesn't make that much sense. No, literally, yeah, literally, no sense at all. Greensboro but, would be fun. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't want to talk talk myself into it too much because we got we got a minute on the clock before the pick is in here at JT, thirty-seven. So uh, I think J- JT Thor is probably like my pick. For who I think it might be, yeah, they even though they've already got out. like a projecty big in Kai Jones, just because they worked him out in that range, or, or Charles Bassey, but I can't see them taking another like traditional big while they've still got Kerry and, and Nick Richards. And, and at this stage, if there has been a trade, we don't know about it. So yeah, pick it, <laughs> we pick are, we're in, waiting in suspense here. We'll, we'll see if Woj, uh, if Woj, as soon as um, it pops up on my screen, I'm going back on Twitter to see if any, yeah. any trade happens to go down, but Man, I'm so. I mean, after this one, we can just start talking about about the fit of all these guys here. I'm so I'm so excited to get down to the like an like analysis of a JT Thor, thirty seven. Where have you seen that? It's on the bottom of the screen. Pick is in JT Thor. Oh, I'm still getting adverts. JT Thor. I told you. I told you we worked him out. JT, JT Thor, Thor to the Hornets at thirty seven. Whew. Hey man, uh, like is ups is player development. We are backing our player development coaches over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. I and, love and this. JT Thor is spending the whole season in Greensboro, by the way. Yes, absolutely. the whole season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, him, Sharif, Jared Butler. I would have been. Yeah, I would. I love any of those guys there. I mean, thirty-eight is Chicago. Thirty-eight. They need to scoop up Sharif. But before we even get to that, JT Thor. I love I love this so much faith in the development staff two guys that are like 610 6'11 and if they pan out they're going to be able to stretch the floor and stretch the, or through the three point line and as well as stretching the floor vertically as a lob threat for LaMelo like I, this is is this is this is this I, the best draft is draft night overreaction is this the best Charlotte Hornets draft that you've been a part of so far it, it, just Absol- off of like pre-draft grades like it has absolutely to be, right? by a million miles um, <laughs> and i'm not even gonna like to say and that this is the lamello last they got the rookie of the year last year <laughs> yeah but now we got jt thor <laughs> I, yeah, no right and he doesn't even have to play in the nba like the kai jones jt thor leangelo ball as the starting three four five in Holy Green- next year jt thor. i might have to to go to Greensboro for a game before I go to Charlotte for a game. Can we not trade back in and get Sharif? <laughs> Seriously, can we? I mean, 
this is I like I know we probably just are sound ridiculous just going oh my god this is unbelievable but this is but it is unbelievable okay Io Dasunmu 38 to the Bulls Sharif just continues to slide this is really surprising to me and Jared Butler I I know that it's tough with Sharif I, I feel like he's someone we haven't talked about a ton on the podcast so I'm, I'm excited to get to talk about him because I've liked him a lot more over the last like month or two he really is just like a 6-1 like archetype that of like Lamella with just extreme passing flair creativity he's either penetrating to in the lane to get to the rim and he's not really and in that he's not really great at finishing there but he can draw contact he drew seven free throws a game last year which is an absurd number for a guy that's 6-1 and doesn't really have supreme length to to go with it but like if he can develop and become a league average shooter especially off the dribble like how is he not a, you know, top three guard on a rotation on a, on a good team with that level of playmaking? And we've seen that in, in the playoffs with, with what the Hawks just did with Trey. Like, he's not a good defender. He's similarly small. Trey Young is 6'1 and 175 pounds. Like, I literally weigh that. And I am a normal person just – and I do nothing all day. I, and Trey Young – is the exact same physical uh, measurements as me, and he plays defense in the NBA, and he does all right. So, like, Sharif Cooper can do that too if he can also put up the points on the other end and be able to space the floor to take advantage of his passing ability. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I, can't I agree. Slide. I can't believe I mean, and even – I don't remember how high you were on Sharif Cooper, but the lowest person on Sharif had to have had him – around here like if you were just the the world's biggest Sharif hater you probably had him around 40 right like I, I had him at 17 go. yeah I had Sharif I, 17 yeah. I, I was I'm I, high yeah I had Sharif at 17 too that was the I think that actually now that I remember this I made this connection when we posted the big board article he was the the one guy that we agreed on on our top 60 list after and I had JT thought 26 guy, the first guy I had JT thought 26 we just got him 11 spots after so like yeah. I am. yeah i had him at 33 i had yeah so i had book night at 12 so that's one spot below where they got him obviously yep. that's fine i had kai jones at 16 that's three spots uh below where they got or three spots above where they drafted him so obviously that's great value and then jt thor at 33 when you get him at 37 like the value pre-draft value and i can't like if we listen to this in three years and like who I like JT Thor is still in Greensboro and James Booknight like can't shoot or something that would then that would, we would have a lot to reconcile with, I, I would say, but I mean, pre-draft like draft night evaluations, like they got insane value for the picks that they've gotten. And if you, now, if you look at it, they got JT Thor and Mason Plumley for the 57th pick in the draft. Like, wow. How is that yeah. a real thing that happened to them? <laughs> How is that? How is that thing? It's not like Mason Plumley makes twenty-one million dollars a year. Like they're not. It's not a, a a ridiculous salary dump. It is a trade that helps you, and you also now have someone like it. And, oh my god! If these guys all hit, like not that 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 is incredibly unlikely for that. Oh happen. yeah. But if that happens, like this would be among the like dra- draft night biggest draft night heist that the nba has seen like which is it's, it's not going to be chase because no, it's not. It's some not. of these guys aren't going to hit it's just we have to like we we can't get carried away like one like the chances of both jt thor and kai jones working out 
Very to be slim. like rotation players <laughs> is extremely slim. Um, like if one of those guys does, that's great. One just one thing on Jared Butler, like I know he got medically cleared by the NBA, but the fact that he had to go to a panel and get medically cleared, that's still gonna give teams like just a little bit of pause. So when you're making your selection and it's close between him and someone else, you can t- if you can take, you know, Dasumu, who you have ranked just behind him, but you do not have this medical lingering heart condition which even though it's been green lit that's not to say like it, it can still have an effect so uh, i do think that's why he's sliding I, I if that didn't existed i think he would have gone in the first round by now um and i'm sure it's affecting his draft stop it's only affecting it so much james because jared butler just got drafted at 40th by the utah oh. so there you go great pick yeah that's a great pickup for them they really needed a backup guard too i believe in one of my mocks, I had him to the Jazz at 30. Like, I mean, so that's, you know, good value there. I had Jared Butler above Davion Mitchell on my draft board. So I would have taken him way ahead of 40. That That's that's a great pick for Utah, especially if they end up losing Mike Conley. I really think he could, he's a guy that could contribute right away. And, uh, you know, uh, Namias Keita got drafted by the Kings at 39. That yeah. that's I, I, I was really surprised that they didn't go – for Shangun. They were what they, I think they were the team that we consistently just heard miss or the wrong, not misinformation or like wrong information, but they just weren't putting out what they were actually thinking throughout the entire process because they had Alperin Shangun on the board and that him and Franz Wagner were the two really over the last, really the entire last month, basically that those were the guys like, Oh, if those two are available, like they will pick one of them. Like those are the guys for Sacramento. Shangun was there. Franz was one pick ahead. So you, you would think that they could have offered something to Orlando to get him if they really wanted him. And they just went Davion. And I mean, the, that, that fit is so weird with that. I, I don't, in what scenario can Davion Fox and Tyrese Halbert and share the floor? I don't know. Is there one like, unless you're just playing another team that has really weak perimeter defense and is like pretty small and, just really thin. I don't. I don't know how, how that works out. I do not know either. It's <laughs> my own answer. I, I feel like Shangun would have been a really really perfect fit there. But yeah, I mean, he, him going to Houston. Houston's crushing the draft tonight. By the way, I, I think. I mean, all yeah, of, I love what they're doing. Hornets like Houston's doing really well tonight. They got Josh Christopher, Usman Garuba, um, Shangun. Yeah, Shangun, and then they got Jalen Green at second, obviously. So yeah. I mean. Big you're, draft. You're, a good, you're spreading it across all positions. But all by the way, there's this... First round grades. There you go. Tonight I've heard all this buzz that um, Garuba might not come over straight away because he's got this big buyout. When have you heard that buzz before today? Literally not once. I was Not, not once. It wasn't discussed yeah. once. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, he, he might slip because he's got a three million pound buyout. NBA teams can only do a huh. million. So he would have to pay two million himself. And like, normally you hear about that kind of stuff way ahead of time. And to hear about that so late was was really, really strange to me. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that is super strange. There has been so much that has gone on today or has, that has come out today that like wasn't really floating around at all prior to now. I, yeah, I, I, that type of thing you would think would have came out a lot, like a really long time ago. Like not, not only just in the pre-draft, like you'd think he would basically enter the draft knowing that 
and or and making that be widely known. I wonder it might it may have been in NBA circles, I guess, and it didn't get leaked or something. But yeah, I mean, I mean, but him at twenty three, even if he does stay over in Spain for another year, that's that's a really a really good pick for Houston. I think I he could have gone maybe. I don't know what his range. I feel like I, his range probably dropped at the uh, towards the at when the draft was coming around because teams must have figured that out. But I feel like he was a really popular pick to the Knicks when they had nineteen and twenty one. So, I mean, they they're, they got pretty good value for all those guys. Josh Christopher, go, good for him going in the first round too. He had a bit of a rough yeah. season at a Arizona State, but he's a, a really high ceiling bet. I like that that pick right there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What what recording time are we on, Chase? What recording time are we on? Uh, I think we are at like thirty something minutes. It doesn't actually display on Zoom, so I'm just trying to figure out if we stay on until the fifty seventh pick or if we pause it and come back on. What do you think? Um, what what are we at? What is this? Forty two, forty one. That we're at with the Spurs right now. Uh, I'm not sure. 40. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, 41. Round to 42. 41. Okay, yeah. So 42, which is Detroit, I believe. I'm I mean, I'm happy to keep going. We've got we've still got a lot to talk about, but uh, I just to know if we if you wanted a break or just, you know, thought we'd we'd consider it. I mean, maybe maybe I mean, we could take like a break from recording and just pause it and then start it back up again at 40 when we can just keep Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, okay. I don't know what we would uh I'll pause it. All right, we are back. We took a short break to let some of these mid-second round picks flow in as James and I waited for the Hornets to come on the clock at 57. The sun is coming up in the UK. James, <laughs> It is, is up. James is currently in all, the Friday morning as we are discussing this draft pick that is happening on Thursday night for, for us over here. We are working through all hours of the night. The Pistons just took Luca Garza. Thankfully, we avoided that. The Hornets did not pick one <laughs> single tall that. white guy. Not in, not in, how many years has it been since they took a large um, laboring white man? Mm, Frank Kaminsky, I think. Yeah, right? Yeah, he's the last one. That's a good streak. MJ's got to be itching right now. Yeah. You know he wanted Luca. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's been interesting how this late second's gone. Like a lot of the guys who are sliding, the Brendan Bostons, the Sharif Coopers, they all seem to have kind of just been selected ahead of Charlotte here. So it's interesting to see how this is how this is going to play out. Um, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on some of the guys in this late second round here? Any Anyone stand out to you? Yeah, we, we were talking about it a bit before we went on uh, pause there. But I mean, I, I at this point, it's got to be Sharif taking a like a, either a two-way or telling teams not to draft him to land with the Hawks in a situation that he likes, his ceiling is just too high to go 48. Like that, it, it just doesn't really make 
conventional sense for especially with you know the Raptors potentially losing Kyle Lowry and not drafting Jalen Suggs passed on him two times to pick Dallin Albanton and David Johnson right ahead of him so I mean it has to be some sort of thing that was orchestrated by his camp you know Brandon Boston Jr. getting picked up by the Clippers at 51 via Memphis via New Orleans probably the same deal telling them you know I'll take a two-way you know I want to go to this specific situation so certain teams wouldn't pick you and maybe even Luca Garza with the Pistons is the same way. I mean, they, they've got quite a few centers. He might not be a like a rostered player next year. He could be a two-way as well, and that could be something that they organize. Yeah, so. yeah. And I'm we were talking about we're shocked. Aaron Henry has not been drafted right now, and uh, I mean, at this point, we were wondering if he's doing like a Lou Dort, where he's just asking people not to draft him because he doesn't want a two-way. Uh, and then also I thought of the comp for Ludor, which we both agreed was actually quite an interesting one for Aaron Henry. So if he's still on at 57, I mean, I've got like a late first round grade in Aaron Henry. So I'd be pretty shocked. I mean, I'd be, I'd be thrilled. It'd be like a Grant Riller all over again last year where he was, you know, ended up at the end of the draft. So um be interesting to see what happens there. Um Again, at this point, it's not been reported that the Hornets are moving this pick. I, I think draft and stash is most likely just because of, we've now got three rookies again and we already had like a sh- load of rookies last year. So uh, draft and stash options like Amar Silla, he'd be one. Um, trying to think who else we've had. I mean, a lot of the guys who we profiled have been taken. Was, was there any of the draft and stash guys left? It's just Vrenz and Vrenz says he doesn't Vrenz. want to be stashed, but that's, an inter- that's another thing. If you get to this point in the draft, like, I don't know if you necessarily have a choice of whether or not you're, if you want to be picked, like you probably have to just be okay with getting stashed. And I don't see, I know he, I, I think it was just more of a personal thing than like a, like an agent or like an agent telling him to do this. Cause I don't know if he even has an agent judging by his, his Twitter presence, but <laughs> I don't like, he, I don't see why it was, he was like dead set on coming over this year he's 6'10 and super skinny and like has room to develop uh, and he's from Belgium. I don't see a problem with him sticking with uh, the Antwerp Giants team and just playing there in another year. And enough, um, it would, uh, a fun fact, Cameron Crutwig, the center on the Loyola Chicago yeah. team. That oh, he signed that. He signed with Antwerp. So, he, I mean, he would be playing with Cameron Crutwig in the front court next year, presumably if he, if he were to stash and then go back to, to Antwerp for another year. But yeah, I mean, now we've got uh, we're at the Pacers at fifty four, so we got three more left before the Hornets come in. What do you what do you want to fill in this this time with? Oh, they pick Sandro, so there's there's a guy that the Hornets are. Lee taken. Branscombe crying again about losing out in Sandro Mamakashvili. So sorry, Lee. This is all <laughs> this is all happening so fast you. for you on, on our podcast. This yeah. <laughs> there's um. Yeah, Charles Bassey is... Oh, he's just been selected. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. So he goes to Philly. Philly's having a, an okay night. I liked them picking up Springer in the first round. I thought that was pretty good value at 28. I, you can use any sort of like perimeter defender in Philly, right, or perimeter defender ball handler in Philly right now. They don't have any really other than Tyrese Maxey. So I think that mm-hmm. that works out. Petrushev, just second round. That's a good good shot. Yeah, I, I, something I just thought of earlier when, when Charlotte elected to take JT Thor instead of all those guards, the Dasumu, Cooper, Jed Butler, makes me think Devonte Graham definitely coming back. Like if if you true. knew you were losing Devonte Graham, 
don't you take like Jared Butler there? It's like a no-brainer pick, uh, unless he was medically red flagged, of course, from, by your staff. Um, so I, get, I think this this has really made it clear, I think, now. I think a lot of people were leaning, yeah, I think Graham will be back, Monk moving on, but now it feels pretty locked in because of the way that they seem to have gone. Just thought of this with Jared Butler. I mean, he was in the 2020 draft. I was pretty high on him then. I would have picked him in like the 20s or something. Do you think he maybe hurt himself by going back? I mean, I feel like a lot of it just has to do with the medicals. That's probably I, I not a fair so. question I, to raise. That's probably... I don't think you can hurt yourself when you are like the most outstanding player yeah, was, on the Final Four so team well. and win yeah, a national championship. Probably, yeah, thought, he showed yeah. he can play one and two. He shot well this year, like... I, I didn't think he hurt himself. I just think he's, it's been an unfortunate run of events, maybe with, with his medical and also with the glut of guards with the with, who were available kind of in, in his range. Um, yeah, it, I think he's going to be a, a pro for a long time, as long as medically he, he can be. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's a great pick for Utah. I think that was the one right before we logged off. But yeah, one, one of my favorite fits of the draft. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So we've we got 56 up here. OKC of picking. You, you've, they've drafted a little... I don't even know how... I mean, I've lost track of how many guys because OKC have been trading all over the place. They've got... Do you think they'll go draft and stash here? Because... Or do you think they'll target someone? I could see draft and stash. At this point, like, OKC had a lot of picks. Charlotte had a lot of picks. The Pacers had would be coming in with three picks now, too. I mean, and then the Knicks had a couple... The Nets had a bunch. I think everything for the rest of the draft basically is just going to be all draft and stash because all these teams have already picked multiple guys, or not all draft and stash per se, like just draft and stash two ways, like guys that potentially could get waived or something will get non guaranteed deals. I could at this point, it, I feel like it's so hard to be like a, a prospect looking for. Oh, here we go. It's just been announced. Those deals. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I'm a, I'm only on OK the OKC pick right now. The OKC pick. That's what I was talking about. Oh, Sorry, okay, been okay, okay, okay. There we go. Aaron Wiggins. So Aaron Wiggins. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, I, I um I haven't really. I'll be honest. And now that I think about it, I've probably only watched a couple, maybe a couple full Maryland games, with like with the intent of watching Aaron Wiggins. Obviously, I know he's really athletic and and not related to Andrew Wiggins, but. Do you know much about him? Do you, what do you what do you think about him? I know he was like a po- a pretty popular like late he, draft. Pick. He doesn't pop with me that much, if I'm being honest. Um, like he could have a role as like a versatile ish wing. If he shoots it well, he'll probably be a rotation player. If he doesn't, he probably won't be in the league. Um, good hard nosed defender, pretty good athlete. Just one of those guys like has a pretty good athleticism and frame, but just not much not a huge skill set if he can't outpower you, which in the NBA, we, we know that's going to be tough for him because he's not going to have that physical advantage. So again, I, I didn't have him as a top 60 guy, but I mean, he was, he's right around there, like top 75. Um, Charlotte on the clock. If we draft Aaron Henry, I'm going to lose my mind for I think the fifth time tonight. Um, I'm not expecting it to happen because I think at this point he must've just want to be going and drafted. It doesn't make any other sense. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, again, I think draft and stash is probably most likely here if there is someone. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, agreed. We got about 30 seconds left on the clock here. 
Well, I might be on an advert when it gets announced because that's shown over here. So you might announce it to me and we'll have to see how it goes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm at, oh, I, I got a McDonald's commercial up here right now, but I, I can't, I mean, when, once this picks done, like it, it's 1233 where I am, I'm sure I'm obviously the, the Charlotte listeners, if you're up for the pick 57, you were up this late as well, but I mean, I'm tired as hell. I can, are you going to sleep like through the entire day tomorrow? I mean, it's it's what 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 33 a.m. for you in, in England? I'm I'm spending, fam- uh, people know basically I ruled myself out till midday. So if I can okay. get like five hours in, like okay. that's that's fine. And I'll make the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, there I'll you go. stumble through the rest of the day somehow. Yeah, that's probably what I would do. I always feel weird sleeping past like noon anyway, because then it's like yeah. you almost took two days out instead of just staying up really late one night. Come on, this pit's got to be in soon. I know it's a, it says pick is in on my uh, on my TV here. I I just would I, I, I'm I would assume it's a draft and sash or they sold this pick, which I guess could could be possible. They just straight up sold it, and since we're not checking Twitter, we don't know. But as soon as it the player pops up, I'm just gonna open up Twitter and see if they sold it. But yeah, uh, Jolie I, another guy, surprisingly undrafted. I, oh, guess I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying he was the pick then for a oh, second. No, that, yeah, I, I said Jeez. that a little too, a little too excited. But yeah, <sighs> it's surprising that he has slid this far as well. I remember yeah. the first uh, big board wars we did. We both had him at 38. I think he finished at like 40 something, like mid, uh, low to mid 40s for me. Which, I mean, I, I, I guess I understand why he slid to, to undrafted because that's only 16 spots to out of the draft and everything's so fluid at that stage. But yeah, it's just really it's 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 always interesting to see. Oh, here we go. To see which guys the NBA is high on and like which guys the internet is high on. But the Charlotte Hornets at 56 have selected Scotty Lewis, someone that the internet is not very high on at all. So there you, you go. You see, Scotty Lewis, 60th on my big board, the last guy on my big board. Yeah. We at Charlotte just going for these elite athletes, man, like Kai Jones. Scott, Scotty Lewis is just pure. He is going to be fun to, like, again, another guy player development staff if mm. they can get turn him into something he's got i mean I think he like the fastest, yeah he's got the fastest three-quarter sprint i think in the nba draft this year he's absolutely incredible athlete great defender just has no offensive game and poor feel for the game but like probably like a similar sort of project but just further behind um kai jones but for like the perfect two-way slot guy, is he not? Just like send him to Greensboro, let him get loads of reps, work with a player development, shuttling back and forth. I mean, I'd have him over Nate Darling on the two-way, like no question for me. So yeah, I'm big, big fan of like, I know I got him 60, which is technically below where he's gone. Uh, but yeah, I'm big, big fan of the Scott Lewis pick. Another, another home run swing, like could be an elite defensive player if he is able to put the rest of the game together. And we know this Hornets team needs defense. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, does this spell the end of Caleb Martin? Maybe not Cody, but certainly Caleb, right? Like, Scotty's a little more athletic. He's a lot more athletic. It, it would make some sense. I mean, they have got a team option, I believe, on Caleb. I think, it, yeah. I think yeah, I, I think Cody's guaranteed. like Cody's much more ready to play. Cody Martin's much more ready to play now than Scotty. Sure. Uh, but but long term, like I think it's just one of those things you have to wait and see what he turns into, Scotty Lewis. Because he, if he can't figure out how to affect the game offensively and how to not make so many kind of mistakes, then then he will just be unplayable. 
So it's yes. just going to depend. Yeah. I mean, he's got to clean up any sort of like decision. I mean, you really just got to, I guess you're just going to keep the ball out of his hands. Maybe if he shoots, he ends up as like a Tory Craig type wing, something like that. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I and that's, a granted, that, that's okay. Cause Tory Craig is like borderline, like not an NBA player. He, I mean, he, got traded from the Bucks to the Suns. I mean, coincidentally, they both ended up in the finals, but the Bucks got rid of him for nothing at the trade deadline. So if you if you go back and watch the 2019 McDonald's All-American game, Scotty Lewis was in that game. Yeah. The same one that James Wiseman was in uh, and Cole Anthony. And Scotty Lewis was very good in that game. Um, like elite defensively, like picks up guys half court, um, went to Florida for two years, was just a, a pad player. Actually got benched this year. From, from the Florida team, it did not work out there. But if you go back, going back, he was a McDonald's All-American. And again, we talked about Charlotte going after these big name people. He, he fits that bill as being that kind of former younger accolade who's never really found his feet in college. But I, I'm happy for them to take that swing. Um, I, that's one of the things CJ... Uh, CJ's guys who we had in the podcast mm-hmm. was, was Scotty Lewis. I think he had him quite high, so I'm pretty sure he's going to like that as well. There we go. And CJ is a very smart draft Twitter mind. So I can yeah. totally find it if CJ sees that Scotty Lewis has these tools. And so with the 57th pick uh, that the Hornets traded to the Pistons in the Mason Plumley trade earlier today, the Pistons took Balsa Koprovica of Florida State. Uh, he was not on most draft boards. Uh, I think that's fair to say. Uh, I just saw the Athletics Sam Bassini tweet that this is the first player in the draft that got taken that was off of his top 100 entirely. So, you know, Sam obviously isn't the definitive ranking, but he's one of the more popular and reputable mainstream analysts. And the Pistons took him 43 spots ahead of where Sam would have ranked him. So that might be uh, a draft and stash one as well, though, because, I mean, yeah, he can, I don't know what, uh, where Balsa is from, but. He obviously he's, he's Serbian, so he could obviously go to any area in Eastern Europe and then for a year or two and then come back when he's more developed. But right, Chase, we're gonna have to wrap this up, man. It's five forty. I got to get some sleep. So oh, yeah, um, you do. You just just recap what's happened. Let's sign off. We'll be back in whenever free agency starts and more things happen. We'll be back, but um. This was one of the most memorable drafts of my life. And it was a pleasure to share it on the mic with you. This was incredible. This, I'm so glad that we, I mean, we hopped on earlier than we expected to tonight. Yeah. And I'm very glad that we ended up doing that. Just to recap, Hornets get James Booknight with the 11th overall pick. They trade back into the first round with a, a future first to, to trade with the New York Knicks and take Kai Jones at 19. They take... At 37, JT Thor, who was projected to go in the first round and a player that they had worked out prior to the, in the pre-draft process. And then all the way down at 56, they get Scotty Lewis, someone who we just said played in a McDonald's All-American game. I mean, yeah, the Hornets did a good job tonight in terms of draft value. That's all you can ask for when you're reacting to it at 1240 in the morning or in James's case when the sun's coming up the next day. We have to wait and see. Tonight is a night for hope. The next few days, we get to sit here and hypothesize about the summer league roster, 
and then we're right into free agency. So we're going to get the, we got a couple free agency pods that we've already pre-recorded for you guys. We're going to have those rolling out. We got this draft pod. We're going to have free agency recaps. We'll have summer league pods. It is the time for Charlotte Hornets basketball. We are back. All right. We heading out of here. James, are you going to bed? We are. Before we go, starting summer league lineup, Grant Rilla point guard. Shooting guard, James Bucknight. Small forward, Scotty Lewis. Power forward, Kai Jones. Center, any of Vernon Carey, JT Thor, Nick Richards. It's going to be fun. Um, good night for you. Good morning to everyone else. It's been a blast. Uh, yeah, can't wait for the rest of this offseason. I'm logging off and I'm heading straight to bed. I, I don't blame you at all. Thank you all <laughs> for all the listeners that tuned into this. Hopefully we, you guys enjoyed the draft as much as we did. We all need to go get some rest, give our minds some some ease here. We've been waiting for months for this to, for this night, and it is finally wrapped up, and it ended well. See you guys later.